Hello and welcome to the First in Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran, coming to you live from a Los Angeles Marriott hotel room shortly after the Broncos' fourth preseason game of the year, a 10-6 loss at the Rams. A lot more of the same, Ryan. A lot of reserve players who showed that they need to show more to make this roster a backup quarterback battle that lacks intrigue, but at least moved a little bit forward today. Mm-hmm. In your mind, what are some of the, the the bigger takeaways from this game? Well, I mean, I asked Vic Fangio after the game, you know, how valuable, you know, a valuation tool is this game because only 58 guys dressed, and he said very valuable because it was a short week of practice and you know, wear pads and. He says, you know, this game and the next game is basically all they got for this back of the roster, guys, which could be six spots, could be eight spots, depending on the waiver claims and whatnot. But, I mean, you know, yes, the offense scuffled, but I don't know what, you're, what we really expected. Uh, it was Kevin Hogan played 22 snaps. I thought it was interesting they changed quarterbacks in time for the two-minute drill of the first half. I think they wanted to get Brett Rippon a real chance there drive stalled a little bit and they kicked the field goal this team can't score touchdowns right now and uh that, that'll be something we can talk about as we get closer to week one when the starters are back in there but i think the big thing is you didn't you know knock on wood they didn't sustain any injuries so they won't have them, any issues there but i think it was a chance for the young guys like a mike purcell and mod gooden um a uh, Devontae jackson and then troy fumagalli those kind of guys got uh chances to play and then, you know, Jake Butt made his return after an AC, his third ACL. Uh, you were in the scrum talking to him afterwards. Uh, what, were, what were some of his thoughts? About what you'd expected for a guy making his first real preseason return, like you mentioned, from a third ACL tear, just a couple of catches today. Uh, one of the more interesting things I thought he said from that scrum, though, was initially there was some concern over but Came into the game, I think, for maybe one or two plays, and then instantly is back to the sideline being examined by trainers. Uh, but told us he really didn't know exactly what was wrong. He just kind of needed That's to... comforting. Yeah, right. He just needed to kind of shake it out. You wonder just if, if it, maybe it was nerves, maybe it's just the body kind of reacting, but a, a, f- a false flag at the end of the day, he comes back in the game and he looked pretty natural out there, you know, maybe a, a dozen snaps. So still a lot more to see from him, but in this first return back clearly is in a state where he's not in pain. He's moving without any kind of obstruction. It seems so all, all positive signs for, for his growth. And I've seen enough. Uh, I wouldn't play him against Arizona. I'd say, Hey, you played, you know, there's 11 snaps and you know, and that's not saying he'll even be active against Oakland, but I think he, do, he merits a spot on the 53 man roster. And you know, he's a guy that I think they're going to need. You don't know, no offense status with the ankle injury. So I think tonight, if you had to, if you had to look at the guys who are potentially going to help the Broncos right away this year, this is the number one takeaway was Jake, Butt getting out there, catching a couple passes, playing, I think he said 10, 11, 12 snaps, something like that. So, I wouldn't risk him against Arizona whatsoever. Another guy I wouldn't risk against Arizona is Elijah Wilkinson. He played in the third quarter. I didn't get that really at all. The intrigue there, instead of right tackle, he moved to right guard. Um, what were, what was what was his take on the night? Yeah, it's interesting because here's a guy who played in relief of Ron Leary for seven games to finish the year last year at right guard, a, a position that he thrived at. But through training camp, we really saw him backing up that left and right tackle position. So to see him shift back into that role, uh, you know, he talked about how confidence last year in that late stretch 
playing in reserve of Ron kind of fueled some of that coming into this training camp. I mean, this is a third year pro who's undrafted, still kind of earning his spot in the league. So just really building blocks for him. And I think if you're the Broncos week one, you feel pretty confident with Wilkinson in there at right guard, but you also go into the season knowing, all right, this whole Garrett Bowles experiment, it keeps going south. We've got another option there. Juwan James has also dealt with some other issues at right tackle. So, you know, in, including with Austin Schlotman, another reserve offensive lineman they have, seems like the Broncos are developing some guys behind that first unit with a little bit of versatility. And like Coach Fangio said today, that's pretty essential when, when you're addressing, you know, seven guys on any given game day. Yeah, right now the, those, the seven guys are the starters plus Wilkinson and uh, Schlotman because uh, Austin can play center. Don't know what that means for Don Barkley. He may be on the outs. Um you know, do they look at the waiver wire to maybe pick up an eighth guy that can be, you know, somewhat de- developmental? So I think Elijah Wilkins is going to start right guard in week one uh, because Ron Leary has not played at all in the preseason. But what they want to do, and it's something Jake Butt has brought up a couple of times, you don't want to work your butt off to get back only to get re-injured right away. So I think maybe the prudent decision for the Broncos with Ron Leary is, hey, Take a step back, maybe start over with some of your treatment. You may not be ready for week one, but there's still 15 chances after that, and you feel confident with Wilkinson. You know, maybe they wanted to test them today and say, "Hey, you know, we'll give you the first half and then some." And also, I think they, I think, I think they did want to give Brett Ripon, Brett Ripon, a chance in that second half to get something going, and and you know, Wilkinson being in there helped that cause. Let's just sort of talk about the quarterback battle a little bit more as well. You mentioned Rippon uh, getting a chance to run the two-minute late in the first half, plays pretty much the entirety of the second half, correct? He, yep. he stayed in there. Um, showed flashes, right? A guy who maybe has a little bit more of an electric arm than Hogan, a little bit more mobility, but looked like a rookie, right? I mean, if you're a Broncos fan, you might like Brett Rippon, but you would feel very concerned, I think, if he's your backup going into week one. Yeah, and I, I would be surprised if that's the route they went. Um, you know, Kevin Hogan's not great shakes either, but you also haven't really seen him with the top guys. Um, you know, he does have some regular season experience. I think he would feel better about him being one snap away if he has to go in there. And I thought it was a good experience for him against San Francisco. He was not expected – he did not expect to play that early, but Drew Locke went down and Kevin had to go in there. Not surprised Vic Fangio didn't declare a number two tonight because he doesn't have to. Um, it would have been fine. It would have been a good storyline. But um, I would guess Hogan starts Thursday against Arizona – plays a little bit and then give ripping the rest of that game you know people say well they don't want to risk ripping a waivers well first of all you're gonna you're gonna cut them um because you have a drew lock decision to make and i with brett i don't think he's put out the kind of tape that says okay a team we're gonna claim him on your 53 so i think plan a for the broncos remains Flacco one, obviously, and then you go Hogan, two because of injury to Locke, and then rip in practice squad. We'll spend some more time uh, looking at this final preseason game. Like you mentioned, Thursday night uh, against the Cardinals, another chance to see this depth. But, Ryan, as we kind of close out the podcast, let's talk about the news of the night in the NFL. Maybe the news of the night in the, the whole world. I mean, this is shocking, right? Andrew Luck, a guy who seemed like he was coming back to health, finally, with the supporting cast that was getting some Super Bowl buzz announces his retirement your knee jerk what do you make of what happened it's one of the more shocking developments of this era for pro football and maybe even pro sports 
you know, uh, you saw the tweet and he was like, okay, is this legitimate? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it happened when the Colts were playing in a game. Why didn't they you know, did it? But, um, you know, maybe it's, 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 it's a word that shouldn't be thrown around. Andrew looked like his heart was broken. And that, I haven't watched the press conference, but you saw some you know, photographs, including on the cover of the Indianapolis Star. And, you know, this was a crushing decision. But he had a lot of injuries through the years. He missed an entire season back in 2017. Um, you, know, you know, so he made that decision. Is he going to take a year to get healthy and return? Who knows? Um, and I saw one national media say, well, it's unlikely he'll return. How the hell do you know that? You know, I mean, the, reti- the retirement transcript isn't even quick yet. out yet. So Broncos play the Colts in October, so they now turn to Jacoby Brissett, who had to play a lot uh, two years ago, got the you-know-what kicked out of him because it was a bad offensive line that Ryan Grigson wrecked, the former GM. So it opens up the AFC South. It may open up the AFC because this was an ascending Colts team that thought, hey, they made the division playoffs. Um, now they can maybe take the next step. Now that's up in the air. Obviously fascinating, just a guy who's 29 years old and his body has already failed him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about football and the impact it has on, on bodies. That's what's fascinating to me. And Andrew Luck, you know, I think guys come out of Stanford with sort of this, you know, oh, they're a Stanford guy, they're really smart. This was a guy who embodied it. I mean, one of the more insightful, more intelligent speaking quarterbacks, any player, I think, in the league. I had a chance to interview him in uh, 2010 when they played my Oklahoma State Cowboys in the Fiesta Bowl. But just a a unique personality, I think, among quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, he's a genius. And it just, you know, at 29, it just shows you the incredible longevity of Tom Brady at 42, Drew Brees, uh, you know, I think he's 40. I think Drew is 40. But Eli Manning in his late 30s, you know, Peyton made it all the way to his late 30s. So, but the style of play and also the team put around you put put Andrew Luck in harm's way. So it, uh, you know, it doesn't feel like there's any underlying reasons other than his body betrayed him and he made made a decision for the next. 40 years of his life. Yeah, and just to let you know, Ryan, I am also 29 years old. I don't plan on medically retiring. I don't know if that would have made you happy or sad or no, what. No, it would have made me sad. <laughs> uh, I'm 44. I'm ready to retire. <laughs> You're in charge. I'm not leaving L.A. All right, well, if you retire, can, don't let's not break the news in the middle of a game. Like, Put it on like a, like a Monday morning or something. I'll, I'll turn in like half a story. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, Scott Monsterud. But on that note, uh, we will leave you guys with... Uh, with that, for the first and orange podcast, I will sign off for Ryan uh, for the pod. As always, you guys uh, can send us feedback on Twitter, hit us up on uh, email, uh, let us know what you'd like us to talk about as we move forward into the season here. You can subscribe uh, to our digital product, denverpost.com. Uh, also, get the newspaper delivered to your front door every day, and we will see you next time.